You artists have a special relationship to beauty. Beauty, like truth, brings joy to the human heart. Beauty is an invitation to savor life and a dream of the future. Beauty is a key to the mystery and a call to transcendence. Beauty is the vocation bestowed on you by the Creator. And the gift of artistic talent. None can sense more deeply than you, artists. Ingenious creators of beauty that you are. That beauty will save the world. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning into JP2 Radio for another episode of Letter to Artists. Brought to you from The Vault at John Paul the Great Catholic University, this show is inspired by the beloved St. Pope John Paul II's encyclical, Letter to Artists, and led by Catholic artists from our community who desire to share with you their journey and creativity and their journey of faith through the development of their artistic talents. I am your host, Bailey Garland. Each week, I have been chatting with different artists as we explore a different creative medium. But really quick, I can't even begin to dive into this episode without mentioning that today, when you're listening to this episode, it's super special because it is JP2's feast day. Woo! So happy October 22nd. Happy feast day, John Paul II. And of course, we honor him every time we sit in this studio. We honor him with this school, we honor him by allowing his words and letter to artists to bring us closer to Christ. But in a special way today, we thank God for the gift of his life. I know personally, I cannot imagine my life without the presence and intercession of this great man. So I hope you all join me in living today in celebration of his life. So woohoo, go JP2. <laughs> anyway, Today, we will be talking with two film producers, Natalia Roberts, who is currently a student learning the ropes through her experience for producing short films on our campus. And then we'll be chatting with Eliezer Palma, who's produced a couple couple feature films now, and he's very excited to share his experience with us. Like always, we have our guiding snippet from St. John Paul II's Letter to Artist, which is as follows. In producing a work, artists express themselves to the point where their work becomes a unique disclosure of their own being of what they are, and of how they are what they are. And there are endless examples of this in human history. In shaping a masterpiece, the artist not only summons his work into being, but also in some way reveals his own personality by means of it. I just love that quote this week. So I'm excited to hear some reflections from our guests, which joining me now in the studio is Miss Natalia Roberts. Welcome, Natalia. Hello, Bailey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have you. Um, We're just going to begin in prayer, okay? Sounds good. We cover ourselves in the whole world in the blood of Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for this day and for this time together. We thank you for the gift of JP2, for his beloved um, presence, his intercession, his paternity, his spiritual paternity. We want to um, be more like him, which he models. He strove to model you, who is our ultimate goal to be like. So we ask for um, more solid leaders, more solid role models. We ask for a change in our own hearts to lay down everything at your feet, Lord. Thank you for giving us strong leaders and for the saints who are intercessors and our friends in heaven. We ask all things um, in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Natalia, why don't we start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was homeschooled 
um, for a long time. Actually, I like to say that I have the trifecta of school systems. I was in public school, private school, and homeschooled. So oh, wow. I got to catch them all. <laughs> um, I'm the oldest of six. Um, my dad's in the military, so bebopped around for a while. I was a kid. Um, I'm a convert. Oh, wow. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, my dad was cradle Catholic, Italian Catholic, and my mom was um, a Lutheran. And they went to a Catholic college, but they got married in a Catholic church, but with a Lutheran ceremony. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, and my my parents almost converted when they lived in Italy where I was born, but something just held them back. Um, and they didn't convert until I was like 10, I think. So I grew up knowing the Lutheran faith. Um, but we also had really, really good Catholic friends, like my whole life. And I always wanted to be a Catholic. My family always wanted to be a Catholic. Like something just drew us to the Catholic faith. Um, we even like the homeschool program we started was Mother Divine Grace, which is very Catholic. Um, <laughs> but we just, we just never converted until, yeah, I think I was 10. I was in fifth grade. Um, and then after that, we just dove headfirst into the faith and we just, absorbed everything we could and learned everything we could and I'm, I'm still learning like there's still things like here at school that I'm learning about the faith um which I think is fun because there's just something new about Jesus every day or something about tradition every day and that's that's exciting it's so exciting so how did um like then did you just feel called to come to a catholic college especially for film yeah so that's <laughs> really funny at first I wanted to be an archaeologist oh very different yes mm -hmm. um because I loved history and that was my favorite subject. And I was like, I also love writing. And everybody always told me, I'm going to be a, you're going to be a writer. I was like, I can't make money off of writing. That's so dumb. Mm. Um, but then I just, I tried archaeology and it did not work out. And I was like, well, crap, what am I going to do now? Mm -hmm. um, and I knew I wanted to be a writer. I knew that for a fact because I loved writing. And I love stories. And I realized that's why I liked archaeology because of the stories. I liked the mythology. I loved the history of stories. Um, and I knew I wanted to go to a Catholic school and I knew I wanted it to be film. And I also knew I wanted to go to, like, to school in California because my grandmother promised me that she'd get me a horse if I went to school in California and I was nine years old. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that horse. Um, but I made a promise to her and I made a promise to my dad and I like to, I like to keep my promises. Um, even if I was nine years old when I made the promise. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted to go to a Catholic school in California for screenwriting, like not just English or not just right. creative writing, but specifically screenwriting. I'm like, there's no way that's actually gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So I call this my Jesus moment. I prayed to God. I was like, okay, God, if this is something that you're actually calling me to do, like, please help me find it. So literally in my Google search, I went Catholic Screenwriting School, California. And JP was the first school, like just wow. to pop up. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess we're going. And so I like fell in love with the school online. Um, I visited first two days. I stayed overnight with um, one of the students that was here when I visited. And yeah, I had my first, I one of the first classes I visited was with Professor Riley, the screenwriting professor. And I was like, this is where I have to be. I have to be here. Wow. So you, I know, I, I forgot you're a really big screenwriter. How did you get involved in producing? <laughs> um, it was kind of like a a call to be producer it was a need that needed to be filled um just through like the one of the classes that we take is fundamentals of production and you go over the different roles of a film crew in that class and 
one of the first ones that I really fell in love with was assistant director. And so I became a first AD. And so I, I really, really loved that role. And then from that, I started producing things and like directing two, um, not directing two, taking that class, directing one. Um, and one of my mentors was Katie Gerlach, who was a recent graduate. And one of her mentors um, was Eliezer Palma, who you'll be talking with later. Um, but just learning from them, I just fell in love with producing. Like I love organizing and leading people in that type of environment, right? I could never be a director. I do not like leading people in a creative environment. I like leading people in a technical way. I just, cause I just feel like my skills are more structured towards organization to that manner. Um, and so there was a need for producers here at school and people told me that I could do it and I would be good at it. So I said, okay, why not? I'll try. <laughs> so you're saying a lot of organization and leaderships. Can you explain the role of a producer for us? Yeah. So a producer is responsible for hiring the crew. So finding all the people, the ADs, the, even sometimes the director, if they're, um, if it just depends on the studio that you're using. Um, they're in charge of finding like the gaffers, the grips, the everybody. Um, and then they're in charge of setting up the market plan, like with the marketers. They're basically, how do I describe this? There's a, I feel like there's an analogy I could use to help explain <laughs> this a little bit better um, instead of just going like, all over the place with what it is. But now nah, let's go all over the place. Yeah, go all this. over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, I cast the actors. I make the schedules. I find the locations. I'm in charge of the payroll, the monies. Um, I'm in charge of trying to get more money. I'm in charge <laughs> of... I'm in charge of organizing with the costumers and with the set deck and with the makeup and with the everything. Like if we have a child actor, I'm in charge of finding a studio teacher. If we get animals on set, I have to get a, um, oh, what's the word? Certificate with the American Humane Society. And oh, I have interesting. to get a person for that. And I'm in charge of finding transportation and I'm in charge of hiring crafty, like to feed our crew. Mm. And I'm in charge Very of important. making sure, yeah. They're the most important people on set. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody could hate Crafty. Absolutely. Like, they're, they're the heroes on set. I'm probably the bad guy. Especially when they have fruit snacks. Oh, heckin' yeah. <laughs> Welch's fruit snacks. They are the best thing that Crafty can offer us. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just in charge of making sure that everything is set up for the film to succeed before production. And then on production, the, the first AD kind of takes control. And I'm there on set to put out any wildfires. Um, that might arise and then after filming is done I'm there with post-production to make sure that everything's getting um, everything's getting done everything's getting edited and we are staying on schedule and deadlines oh wow so um, kind of the difference between you and you were talking about the first AD do mm -hmm. you actually make the schedules and all the things or are you kind of the one communicating that to the first AD or to someone else yeah, so at first, the producer makes a preliminary schedule just so they can say, oh, we're going to film on these days and we'll film this scene, this scene, this scene at this location and then we'll drive over here and we'll film these scenes on this location. I don't go into depth about, oh, we have this much time to film this um, unless when me talking to locations, they, the location people say, oh, you can only film here for like two hours. I'm like, Great, so we have to do all of this in two hours. And right. I tell that to the first AD. Um, but typically, 
this first AD, when I say, hey, here are the locations we have, here are the scenes that we have, and here's the time that we have, they'll go, okay, cool, and they'll make it their own. They might even shift some things, um, just as long as they stay within the time frame that I've given them. Um, but yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So um, what, like, how did you, um, oh, sorry. Oh my gosh, I just totally blanked on something. <laughs> <laughs> what is kind of like some of the challenges or favorite parts that you've had in producing? Gosh, <laughs> challenges in producing is sometimes even if you get something set up perfectly, it can fall through at the last minute. And that's like the worst feeling ever because you're prepared and you've like you've structured everything so perfectly that if one piece is taken away, it just that it just falls and you're like, crap, I got to fix this. Right. Um. And sometimes it takes, sometimes it's an easy fix and sometimes it's not such an easy fix. Um, do you want me to go into like specifics or like examples or? Um, if you have a specific one that you're wanting to share, sure. But <laughs> Probably, but I can't think of anything right now. That is totally okay. I'm wondering, um, you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of times kind of putting out the fires on a set. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you've got a lot of have have a lot of quick thinking or problem solving skills. What are maybe some other skills that are required for a producer? Um, producers need to have good communication skills um, because we're talking to so many people about so many different things. He's gotta be on top of it and make sure that all your communication is very clear and concise. So that way there's no confusion anywhere. Um, yeah, people skills are a kind of, I mean, you have to be able to talk to people and you have to be able to make people like you because you got to get them, you got to ask them for stuff. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean you need to be overly extroverted. And you, know, you can be an extrovert and be a producer. You can be an introvert and be a producer. I'm a very, very, very introverted person. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm able to talk with people and get stuff from them. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I feel like that's a good note too, that that all personality types are yeah. just welcome in the in the world of producing um okay very quickly i'm gonna do um a little reset if you're just joining us now you are tuning into lettered artists on jp2 radio i'm your host bailey garland and you are listening to the voice of natalia roberts a film student here at jp catholic we've been talking about the role of a film producer and her experience um producing short films here at jp catholic and kind of her journey through screenwriting into the world of producing now I kind of want to shift and I want to visit the guiding excerpt from JP2's encyclical, Letter to Artists. So he writes, in producing a work, artists express themselves to the point where their work becomes a unique disclosure of their own being, of what they are, and of how they are what they are. And there are endless examples of this in human history. In shaping a masterpiece, the artist not only summons his work into being, but also in some way reveals his own personality by means of it. Natalia, I just wanted to first open it up and see if you had any right away reflections off this snippet. Yeah, so I think it's a really, really beautiful snippet. Mm -hmm. um, when I first look at it, I don't think of like producing in the sense that you are a producer. Mm -hmm. I think of it as like producing a, like a work of art, kind of like how you describe. So like you're producing a screenplay or you're producing... Um, a painting like that's what what immediately comes into mind but then if you think about it if I think about it in the terms of being a producer um it it can work with that because you can as a producer you have to bring like yourself into the project you have to be kind you have to be good you have to be honest um which 
is not just a thing to be in a work of art, right? Because people like to say, like, oh, I write with honesty and like I write with myself. Um, but with producing, you have to you have to be very very open and very very like transparent. And so I feel like this does reveal personality, as he says, um, by the means of producing, because you can tell if someone's a good person by how they produce. Like if you are patient and you are communicative and you are responsible and you take initiative and even if you like mess up like I mess up when I produce all the time and I always apologize and always like I'm gonna try and fix this like how can I help you or how do you think you can help me fix this problem that's a very way that's a very very good way very true way to reveal someone's personality Mm. and some producers are just like complete jerks like they are just so rude and so mean and they do not want to benefit anything but themselves and their reputation. So they'll try to make the project the best it can be, but because they want it to reflect on themselves. Right. And I don't, I don't produce that way. Yes. I want to make whatever I'm making look good and that's going to reflect on me. But at the end of the day, the project's a project. What if it gets deleted on accident? What if the files are corrupted and everything's lost? How I treat the people on my set is going to reflect a lot more than what I've produced. Wow. That's like really powerful. And I think especially important, especially we were just talking before the reset about um, the communication skills and the like the way you were saying introvert and you meet people, but or and, and you might have to communicate with a lot of people, but it's all about how you encounter them. And are they able to see Christ in you? And um, are you reflecting that from your insides? You know, like it all starts with where your heart is and where the type of person you are. Um, and I think that that's really powerful, especially since I'm wondering how you feel creatively. Um, do you feel air quotes that people can't see? I think I <laughs> that'll happen <laughs> twice in the show, but um, do you feel like you're an artist or how does that um, artistry reflect in your, cause like, can you put yourself into the locations or the way that the food that you're picking, is there any way that you're able to show like some sort of creative niche through your production? Yeah, there's always a way. I mean, as a producer, I'm always trying to think creatively alongside the people I've hired to be the creators. Um, so, like, what are the colors going to be for when we market? What are the colors going to be for when we're filming? How are we going to reflect the feel of our project through everything else that we're doing? Um, my senior project here at JB Catholic, I'm making a short film about gladiators. Um, the crafty is all going to be Italian food. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's just small little ways that I think are fun mm-hmm. like how can I incorporate fun into this so I can like everybody just feels comfortable and everyone's having a good time because right. I think that's important especially here at school like the real world's the real world's gonna be hard enough mm-hmm. why can't we have fun at school that's totally and of course I love it because you're Italian so you're like <laughs> putting your own little footprint and like your own little artistic flair even in the cooking because cooking is totally an art um I wanted to kind of hone in on this one part of the it says in shaping a masterpiece the artist not only summons his work into being but also in some way re- reveals his own personality by means of it so this is kind of what we were we we're just talking about right now are you able to um like I don't know I guess so when you do you have a like particular Natalia stamp on your production on, or the, the things that you produce is it your Italian food um i don't have italian food at all on my sets unfortunately i would love to have that though that maybe that should be my stamp oh yeah 
Um, I don't think I have a mm-hmm. stamp. Maybe I do. Maybe I just don't know what it is. Maybe oh, there's a specific that. style that I have that mm-hmm. other people can notice and point out, but I just don't yeah. know because it's just what I do. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so maybe it's coming. Maybe it's coming. Okay. Or good. maybe it's, maybe it's growing yeah. and p- other people are starting to notice it, but I just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll ask you a new question then. <laughs> How has this call to producing brought you closer to God? Oh, I really like that question. Oh, good. Um, so like I was kind of saying before, like through personality, like how like some producers are just jerks and some like I like to fight that. A lot of what I do is in spite, um, which is horrible as a Catholic, but a lot but spite to the point where like someone's like, oh, this is how it's done. You can't do it otherwise. Like, you can't do it differently. I say, what if I want to? <laughs> how, how do you know I can't do it differently? Mm-hmm. Um and so some as especially as an AD, I AD and I produce. The stereotype for AD is jerks. Like all ADs are just jerks and they're mean and they're cruel and they're bossy. And so I like to say no. An AD can be kind, an AD can be patient, an AD can be like a, a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they don't have to be such a jerk. And so with producing like a lot of producers are seen are like as like the evil overlords who like shut down like ideas and are just like no it has to benefit for the money right um and so i like to fight that like no my crew is going to be treated with respect my crew is going to be treated well because yeah i do want to make money but that's not the goal the goal is to make something that's true and good and beautiful right and so if i'm not bringing my crew along with me in that journey then what's the point of any of this, especially as a, as Catholic filmmakers? And I know I'm not going to be surrounded by Catholic filmmakers in the future just because Hollywood is what it is. But if in some way I can bring Jesus to set, even from a PA, I don't have to be a producer, but just like being respectful, showing initiative, being kind, like that to me is so much more valuable than if I make money or if I do a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just how do I treat the people around me and how am I leading them? Not just in this project, but how am I leading them to be better people? Totally. Oh, Natalia, that was so good. I know we're, we're running out of time here, oh, no. but I know. And it was so good, but uh, I, I guess I'm going to try to ask one last question. Um, you were just talking about in the way that you present yourself, that's kind of how you bring God onto a film set Aside from how you bring him, how do you see him uh, at play out of, on a film set? Especially here at JP Catholic, yeah, it's easy to see God in film sets. Um, just through how we all as students treat each other. And I think it helps that we're all friends and that we're all Catholics just because we know how to treat each other with respect. Um, I think I see Jesus the most in how everybody helps each other. Right, the different departments help each other. We all try to help each other um, set things up, but we also try to help each other, like keep each other's what's the word? Spirits, mm-hmm. yeah, keep each other's spirits up. So, um, like when I was on the feature that we just did last summer, um, sometimes like someone mess up, it just happens, and they'd feel really bad because we're on a tight schedule. We got to get this done. Um, and it made me feel really good, or it really inspired me um, when I saw how many people went to that person individually and said, hey, 
are you doing okay? You're doing a good job. I'm like, don't worry about that. Everybody, everybody messes up. You're doing okay. Like you're doing good work. And that really like, like that motivates me and that inspires me to keep being better. Just the little things like that, just how we all use our words to uplift each other. And it's not in public, right? It's not like, oh, this person's so amazing. They're awesome, which is nice to hear. But I think what's even better is when someone privately takes you aside and goes, hey, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. Like, please keep that up. Like, you are helping everybody feel calm and safe. You're helping everybody feel energized. Like, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Just stuff like that, I feel like, is where I see God especially on sets. And I think that can happen in the secular world, like, with Hollywood film sets. Like, just people, like, noticing the good work you're doing. Like, that's just, maybe it's not directly related to God, but it's just pointing out the good. I feel like that, like, that is God, like, showing and, like, highlighting and presenting the good. Right. Well, he is goodness itself. So it it would make sense that, you know, in our good works that, that, that you're finding him there. That's so beautiful. Unfortunately, we are at our time. That's so sad. I know. (laughs) It goes so fast. But Natalia, this was awesome. I'm so happy that I got you on the show and I got to chat and hear about your world of producing. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Bailey. I had such a great time. Oh, good. I'm glad. All right. Next time we will be chatting or next right after this, we'll be chatting with Eliezer Palma, a man of many talents and a good friend of mine who will be joining to share about his experience and knowledge producing for feature length films. So he's done a couple um, outside and inside JP Catholic. Um, And it's just something super cool because actually our school is the only school that has a feature film program where students have an opportunity to make feature length films um, during their academic career here. So a little shout out to our school. We don't normally like to make this a commercial, but um, it's it's kind of an exciting and awesome program that we have here. So if anybody's interested in checking that out, uh, go to the website. But on Eleazar, he was a huge spearhead in the pitch for this program. So I'm grateful that he's able to spare some time to speak with us. So please stick around. And we are back in the vault at John Paul the Great Catholic University. I'm your host, Bailey Garland. And if you missed the last half hour, you'll want to go check it out. I spoke with Natalia Roberts, who is studying producing at JP Catholic and putting in work to get the experience she needs to continue to hone in those skills. Our next guest, I'm a little biased because he's a good friend of mine. And along with that, he's very talented and he's just an awesome person to have on your team. So I'm so grateful that I finally get him on the show. It's film producer Eliezer Palma. He's going to share all the expertise that he's gained with his experience as a feature film producer. So welcome, Eliezer. Yeah, thank you so much, Bailey, for having me. Super Super excited to be on here finally. I'm, I'm, I'm finally chosen. You've been chosen. <laughs> <laughs> Eliezer's been a good supporter of the, the podcast, so I'm happy to have him on. But um, do you want to start in a prayer? Sure. In the okay. name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, another day. We thank you for allowing us to be here together. Um, we give you thanks and praise for all the many blessings and graces you bestow upon us. We ask, Lord, in a special way today that you allow us to be faithful to you to allow us to um, continue in your footsteps, um, supporting each other, supporting our brothers and sisters around us, uh, ultimately for the glory of your name. Uh, Mother Mary, we ask for your intercession in all things as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, Eliezer, let's start off with you telling us about yourself. Okay, um, so I was born and raised in Southern California. 
Um, originally I was born in Los Angeles, um, very close to the Compton area. So I always tell people I'm straight out of Compton to sound <laughs> cool, but not really. Um, my parents moved out pretty, pretty quickly after that though, uh, out of the city. We went to a, a town called Pomona. Um, and that's where I spent most of my years growing up. Um, and went to the local Catholic school that was there, St. Joseph's, um, K through eight. So yeah, just, I was, I was blessed to be in private education my, my whole life. Um, and yeah, that's, that's m- mostly where we grew up. And then we moved to San Bernardino, San Bernardino County. Uh, and that's where my parents are still right now. Um, but yeah, growing up, um, Catholic family, practicing Catholic family. My parents had a, like a reversion after their th- third child was born. So my older brother, um, and they just kind of got back into the faith and stuff actually through the charismatic movement. Um, so they were very, very much into that. Um, and praise God for that. And then, uh, yeah, that was just passed down onto us, you know? And so, like I said, we went to Catholic school all, all growing up, you know? Um, and then went to Catholic school in high school to Damien high school in Laverne. Um, and so I, I was very lucky to have like the faith always part of my education. I think it definitely formed me to, to the, to the person I am today. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think uh, in high school, I guess, is where I fell in love with films, um, really. Um, I had always wanted to become a priest as well. So kind of just trying to balance those things out and like battle those. Um, I was going to join a minor seminary when I was like in sixth, seventh grade, but um, it just didn't work out. And then when I was in high school, I kind of, you know, started liking girls and stuff, obviously. (laughs) So um, I was very invested in that. (laughs) And, uh, the priest had kind of, kind of slipped away a little bit there, but, but by the end, um, I think God was just tired of me, uh, pushing it away. And so senior year of high school is when he really just called me to it, kind of slapped me in the face and was like, you have to do this. Um, so I left, um, to go discern, yeah, vocation to the priesthood. Um, and I was in a religious order for, for four and a half years, uh, and just very blessed to be part of that whole experience. Um, I made my religious profession, my first vows, uh, after two years in the novitiate. Um, and so, yeah, I was a consecrated person. Um, and that was just so incredible to be that close to Christ and to be that special, you know, in his eyes, um, through that consecration. Um, and I was able to do so many things there, meet so many people. Um, I was in Connecticut, uh, but I went all over, all over the States basically. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go to Rome actually and study philosophy there. Um, so yeah, that experience was, was incredible. I think that's definitely shaped me more than anything else. Um, so whenever, whenever anyone meets me or talks to me, I think, um, those four and a half years, like really shaped who I am. Um, so I'm very thankful to God for that. So, um, and then, yeah, and then I'm just, you know, I came back here, studied at John Paul, the great Catholic university, studied, uh, film production. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been here since. Just loving it, living the life, you know, living the dream. <laughs> Wonderful, and we're happy to have you here. <laughs> How did you become interested in film? You said in high school. Yeah, so um, I think I, I my, so my parents love The Godfather, um, and my family loves The Godfather. This this great film, right, about the mafia and 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 family and all this stuff. Um, so I think that really attracted me to the grandeur of what films could be because it's a massive movie, right? Just dozens and dozens of actors and, and 
thousands of extras probably and just the scope of that film is insane and so that's what piqued my interest at first seeing like how do they make this like how do they film this and so from there was just this curiosity that kept building and building and then when i was in high school i just uh i had a photography class and that professor was really into films and so i definitely learned a lot from him and then just started watching all these classic movies and and then the newer movies that were coming out christopher nolan was really gaining traction at that time and i think after watching Inception, I really fell in love with the idea of bringing a story together um, and creating it. And by that time, I knew somewhat of how films were made. And so I was pretty much sold on the idea. Um, and I think that's what really solidified like my calling, I guess, to to make films was was those high school years, like just watching movies, just watching movies and and getting, I guess, formed by um, these directors like Christopher Nolan, you know, and, um, yeah. So when you were first getting into film, were you automatically like, I want to produce films or what was the route looking like that you started to dabble in producing? So I guess when I, when I first wanted, I wanted to direct, right. And I didn't necessarily know what that meant. You know, I mm -hmm. thought the director was the one that organized everything, you know, and that got everyone together and, and did all that stuff. It wasn't until I came to university that I really saw the distinction between producing and directing, for example, right? Um, and, you know, it mixes and mingles a lot. So so I think I was just interested in just creating, like, the movie, right? Whatever, whatever that meant. Um, and so I really started leaning more into producing uh, when, I was, when I was at JP Catholic. Um, and I, I, I did direct some things while I was here, and, and I still love directing, um, but I think I have a particular skill set that allows me to be a good producer. Um, and so I kind of just leaned into it while I was here. Um, and so I guess for me, having having the final say on big things is what excites me, right? Um, or problem solving when like a something goes wrong on set or before we even start production, that like gives me an adrenaline kick. And I've just really enjoy that. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, <laughs> but um, I really enjoy kind of just problem solving. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, while respecting the director, you know, right. and, and because I also love directing. So um, I think that's, yeah, really solidified while I was here, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what did it look like when you went from, like, you know, doing the shorter film sets as a student to then producing? Because you produce a couple feature length films now. So yeah. what was what changed or yes yeah, yeah. so, so i mean being you know at jp catholic you know they offer a lot of like film sets as, as right. you were aware of you know and so producing those is is fun and exciting and and um ultimately much easier than than doing a big <laughs> one so i think it prepared me to to where right after graduation we went down to texas and i was on the on the producers team um for what remains, which is actually coming out here pretty soon. They're, they're going to be in the Austin film festival. And so that's directed by Nathan Scoggins and it stars, you know, Cress Williams, Kellen Lutz and, and, and Hayes, you know, God mm -hmm. rest her soul. Mm -hmm. And so down there is where I really realized, um, with the help of the producer, the line producer specifically that was down there, um, Corey Pollard, um, just learned so much about the scale of what it actually means to produce a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so doing the short films here at JP Catholic definitely prepared, prepared me for that. Um, and then once we got to the big, the big screen, right, making a huge movie, you know, with, with A-list actors and stuff and, you know, 
hundred crew members and trailers and all this other stuff. Really what you learn there is more of the nitty gritty, like what kind of forms do these actors need? Like talking to their agents, you know, how much money can we move, you know, getting credit from the bank and all these incentives that Texas had for, for making the movie and all this stuff. And so it's really nitty gritty stuff that you can really only learn by doing it. But the short films definitely prepared me for the overall picture, for sure. Yeah. So what would it look like? Now you're talking about the forms and then kind of those big picture decisions. Mm -hmm. What does it like? Can you give us some more examples of that? Or like, what does it look like to produce a feature film? So, um, yeah, it's insane. Um, <laughs> like, when we, like I, I guess like the one in like the one in Texas, like what remains, you know, we were. Um, I guess the first thing that 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 happens is is you know you have a script right mm -hmm. you have a script and um in the studio system for example you know the big execs and the, the higher ups get a script with the screenwriter and they work on it or whatever and then when it's time to start you know really getting into it they hire a producer usually from the the pga right the producers guild of america and and then that producer kind of leads the project right to the finish line for an indie film, which is like what we were doing in Texas, for example, it was still a big budget, but not not from one of the big six studios, I guess. Um, so, you know, we have the script and stuff. Um, you find the actors, you know, that are going to push the script. Um, you get the money, right? You either, you know, fundraise or, or get people to, you know, invest or whatever, finance it. Um, and then when we were there, it was really just like getting a crew together and we were just trying to find hair and makeup people, wardrobe, you know, um, camera assistants, all this stuff. Um, so that, that was like the first couple of weeks that were just crewing up, you know, and then you have to get into, you know, contracts with those crew members, um, making sure they have money to buy the things they need to have, you know, making sure everything's legal um, and, and, and doing that. And then once production starts, I think the the big thing with a, a large feature film is just making sure it doesn't crash. That's like the biggest thing. Once production starts, you're putting out fires, right? Um, so if the actor gets sick or if the actor starts complaining about something or one of the crew members, you know, we had one of the crew members down there, the dolly grip, he got hurt on set. Mm. And so we have to file, you know, um, workers comp and talk to the lawyers and all this other stuff. So the producer during the, the actual production is really in charge of making sure that it the set doesn't blow up, basically, um, along with the first assistant director. Um, so, yeah, and then, and then just finishing it out, you know, it ends, great, it's over, and then, you know, you hand it off to the distributors and, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> really quick here, I want to pause and do a quick reset, because if you're just tuning in now, welcome to Letter to Artists on JP2 Radio. Right now, you're hearing from film producer Eliezer Palma, who has just been sharing a little bit about his own story and then his journey into the, the role of producing, um, and a little bit about what that even means. What is a producer? What do they do? Um, so now I want to kind of switch gears. We're going to revisit that tidbit that we heard earlier from JP2's encyclical Letter to Artists. It shares our title, and it says, In producing a work, artists express themselves to the point where their work becomes a unique disclosure of their own being, of what they are, and of how they are what they are. And there are endless examples of this in human history. In shaping a masterpiece, the artist not only summons his work into being, but also in some way reveals his own personality by means of it. So Eliezer, I just wanted to um, 
ask you if you have any reflections and any personal insight on that uh, specific snippet, especially in this art form. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, JP2 was so uh, ahead of his time, just light years ahead of his time, just even on a philosophical level. Um, I think that the biggest thing that draws artists and, you know, producers and directors, for example, um, is that line where he says, you know, um, they summon their creation into being. Um, you can spend hours just talking about what that means, you know, because God, God is creator, right? He's the only one that can create something, you know, and, and like truly create something. And, and he's deigned it to be so that artists can also create, you know, not in the same way he does, but can create something. And that ultimately is what I think draws producers, for example, to want to do what they do. Um, you know, even an, on a non-religious level and just on a philosophical human level, whereas you have basically nothing, right? Not, not exactly nothing because only God can do that, but you start off with very little and you create something that at the end is like humanly impossible almost, you know, you see these, these films that, that, that some people make and it's just how, how in the world did they pull that off with the money that they had and the time that they had and the talent and the crew and, and it really is a miracle. Like it honestly is a miracle that, that gift of creation, you know? And so whether it is producing or, or drawing or, or acting or singing or whatever, it's, these things shouldn't be possible as far as like, um, the outcome that they have, I think. And so I think what he says about, you know, summoning it into being like something that is living, that exists is, um, it's just so crazy to think that we get to be a part of that, you know, um, that we can summon something into existing almost is, is just so mind blowing. And I think at least that's what draws me to want to continue making things mm -hmm. is that at the end, when you look at it, you know, and you're sitting in the movie theater and you see this movie, you're just like, Oh my goodness, I created that with my hands and my mind, you know, and, and my skills and the gifts that God gave me. And it's just so satisfying to be a part of God's creation, I think, in that sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's, I mean, it's brilliant because producers really, um, I mean, you get to pull all the pieces together. Like you're the, yeah. the gatherer, you're the organizer. I mean, talk about a skill set. Organization is yeah. huge for a producer. But I just, I, I love this, this quote in particular for this. I was so happy the Holy Spirit you know, shifted my eyes to it while I was reading it um, to pick this quote because it's just, you get to not only reveal, um, I think the central, like the heart of the story by the, the places that you're picking or the, the actors that you help. Do you help decide actors too? I don't produce. So on no. the, yeah, they do. It depends on okay. the, um, on the level of producer you are, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, so it, it just, it depends on, you know, okay. your pay grade basically. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> But it's just like you get to help pull all these pieces together to make the masterpiece that's coming to life. And um, I he also says something about uh, in some way it reveals his own personality by means of it. Do you feel like you get to uh, reveal or share any of like your heart into these creative pieces? Do you feel like you get a pretty artistic say as you're gathering? Yeah. So s sometimes you definitely do, you know, like sometimes you you, you take more on of a, a creative producer role, you know, Um and in those instances, yeah, like the director asks you what you think, or the screenwriter asks you what you think, you know. Oh, Brawling Love, for example, the the feature film that J.P. Catholic made, I feel like I had more artistic say than, for example, What Remains Down in Texas, right? Um, and this is because I was a lead producer on 
with along with George Simon on Obrawling Love and and so we were able to make decisions you know with with the director and with the screenwriter um about what to put you know on the on the on the screen and so and so that's very satisfying to be able to actually have that artistic say as a producer so so it definitely happens sometimes yeah right and as you're um making all these creative decisions as you're going through the process of producing a feature film do you find um that this call has brought you closer to god can you explore that a little bit yeah i think so i think um in a couple of ways i think the the main way is is just um the closeness that you get towards other people you know um when you're producing you're just moving so fast just everything is moving it's so fast paced you're always walking around making sure everything's done and moving forward and so it's easy to forget about people you know and i've fallen this into many times where i'm just I need to go do something and a crew member comes up to me and asks me a question and and I answer it and and maybe my attitude is not the best because I'm stressed out because I'm moving too fast or I don't you know take the time to listen because I have you know quote unquote more important things to do and so it's very humbling you know at the end of the day when you do a conscious exam to be like man I really didn't stop for that person you know like I really didn't hear that person out and so it's a humbling experience and I think that ultimately just draws you closer to God you know um, and just makes you rely on him. Also, at least as far as how I deal with stress whenever I'm producing is going to the chapel. Like it, it's so, it's so amazing that, you know, I've had the ability and not have, have, haven't been denied, I guess, Christ while, while I'm being on set, you know? Um, so I know that the sets that I'm on, I can, I can pause, I can take a break, I can go to the chapel, I can reconnect with Christ through a, a spiritual communion while I'm on set and and it just helps so much you know it's the it's the biggest stress reliever for, for myself and ultimately just knowing that there's no way i can do this without god there's right. no way i can do it without god um there's no way i can get this film done you know without his help you know and 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 i think knowing that god cares what i'm doing you know god cares right. if you're producing god cares that you're acting god cares that you're flipping hamburgers at burger king or whatever mm-hmm. like he's there with you you know he's there with you producing you know so he's the ultimate producer, I think. And so, and so that has definitely drawn me much closer to him, you know? Absolutely. And, and I love what you were saying earlier about the people. I know JP two, um, in it's JP two and his five great loves. I think it's Jason Everett who wrote it. Um, there's a little quote that's a JP two, um, spoke to everyone as if he was encountering God. And I feel like, especially in your job, what you do is communicate with people (laughs) constantly. And so it's hard to, I think see the way you're directly serving God air quotes that people can't see me doing in the sense of like, you're not ministering at a soup kitchen or Mm -mm. something like that, but you are encountering people and and every encounter you have to choose. How are you going to treat this person? How are you like, I have to let, there's a a beautiful quote someone said to me as you receive communion, you know, let them see you in me and let me see you in them as Mm. we were receiving communion. Because I mean, we're all united in, the body of Christ. Um, and so I just think that that's a really beautiful way to like kind of look at your role and being like, okay, so maybe I'm not, I'm not serving at the altar or something like that, but I have to serve the people one-on-one and, and I know you're really big in one-on-one formation. And so this is like, (laughs) well, I'm just realizing now this is so perfect for you, but, um, yeah, I just, I'm wondering, um, do you have any, I guess, advice for, someone out there right now who is thinking about going into film, but really, you know, is maybe struggling to, um, 
commit to the art or like is fighting that battle between, you know, that artist and that call to Catholic faith? Because I think there's a little bit of sometimes we like freak ourselves out one way or the other. Yeah, I think um, I think that the film industry is obviously very um, hostile towards like Christianity, especially right now. You know, it's, it's very clear. It's there's no getting around it. Um, it all depends on the people you surround yourself with, to be honest, you know, and, and, and what kind of person you want to be, you know, um, I'm blessed to know some very, very high up people in the industry through, through working in Texas, for example, that are practicing Christians and do not, they do not, you know, put their faith second ever, you know? And so I think it's connecting yourselves with, with those people who aren't going to put their faith second, who aren't going to take jobs that, compromise their morality and their beliefs um i think is is paramount to being a successful producer director and actor in this industry um also just staying close to christ you know just don't don't stop um praying and and building your relationship with him that is what ultimately is going to guide you in whatever you decide to do Mm. um so it's very possible to to do it and and be a faithful you know Catholic, a faithful Christian, um, just keeping Christ at the center, you know, and, and I think that, you know, in him, all things just have their place and find their meaning. So ultimately, I think that's the best advice I think I could give. Oh, absolutely. That was, that was brilliant. <laughs> um, one, I think maybe, maybe final question. Um, I know we're running out of time, but, and what are some kind of practical, we talked about organization, mm-hmm. but some practical skills that maybe they can work on right now as they prepare to maybe want to be a producer or director or something like that? Yeah. So I think, um, one of them is definitely like organization skills for sure. Time management is mm. huge. So those two, um, are, are, are really key for like the practical things. Um, but you have to learn how to be a good leader, like leadership training, um, especially in the role of a producer is, is very, very key. You have to be able to lead a group of sometimes hundreds of people to finish a a project, right? Uh, a piece of art. And so, um, whatever you can do to get your hands on any type of leadership training or speaking with people who are leaders, um, will help tremendously. Um, so I think, yeah, the leadership training, the organization skills, um, good soft skills. So people skills, you know, because you have to cut a lot of deals, you have to speak to a lot of, um, agents and actors and stuff. So good soft skills, people skills take you a very, very long way when you're, when you're in that position, I think. Um, yeah. That was great. Oh, I think our time is running out, but Eliezer, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I'm so grateful that you were able to come and share a little bit of your story and your experiences with us. So if you have any final thoughts? Yeah, just, yeah. Thank you for having me on here. I think this is, uh, it's great that, that we're doing this and, um, yeah, I think God's very excited to, to just listen to all of these things that are, that are going on. So yeah, it's, it's been a blessing for me to be on here and, uh, hopefully able to share some of my insights on on producing. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. All right, folks, if you missed today's episode, you can catch the replay and you can follow us on Spotify. Just type in Lettered Artists or go to jp2radio.com. While you're on our website, please contact us with your thoughts on the show, especially if something struck you. We want to hear about it. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search up JP2 Catholic Radio. And just a reminder that Lettered Artist is proudly brought to you through a wonderful partnership between JP2 Catholic Radio and John Paul the Great Catholic University, hoping to encourage you to accept this call to holiness through the talents that God has given you specifically. 
And before I officially end today's show, I need to give one last happy feast day shout out to our patron and my favorite saint, my papa, St. John Paul II. Remember to eat a treat or say an extra prayer or do something kind for someone today in his memory. All right, that is officially it for today. I am your host, Bailey Garland, signing off with your encouragement for your day. Be not afraid. You artists who perceive in yourselves this kind of divine spark. As poet, writer, actor, architect, sculptor, musician, feel the obligation not to waste this talent, but to develop it, to put it at the service of your neighbor and of humanity as a whole. May the beauty which you pass on to generations still to come be such that it will stir them to wonder. Society needs you, artists. The world in which we live needs beauty.